And we are bringing it back. Bitcoin adjacent equities, a new episode. I will be fully transparent with you guys. We have no uh, pre-planned equity. I have not drawn anything on the charts. I was going to go pull up a Bitcoin chart and a NASDAQ chart to start. Those of you in the chat, throw in either MicroStrategy, Block, whatever Bitcoin equity that you'd like me to dive into the chart of, throw it in the chat and I'll dive into that chart once we talk a little bit about the NASDAQ. But one thing that I want to really highlight right now is the NASDAQ hit its all-time high on November 22nd and has pretty much been in this free fall, if you will, since. When we zoom out of the Bitcoin chart, we're just going to go full screen on this one. We see an all-time high was reached on November 10th. Now, let's go over to the November 22nd day, and that was a down day for Bitcoin. If you recall, actually, nope, wrong button. If you recall, this is actually technically a down day, November 22nd, for the NASDAQ as well. All right, and we lost one line. So this tells me that we had a lot of downward pressure on this day, but in addition to the downward pressure seen in the general markets, Bitcoin was already on its downturn. It was 22 minus nine is 13. So we had about two weeks already where Bitcoin was declining before the NASDAQ got the message, hey, everything's going down. We're seeing signs of this reversal from a couple of days ago, and I want to highlight this as well. So this reversal happened on the 24th. That was the big reversal the day after Russia invaded Ukraine. My expectations literally getting dropped off at the airport on February 23rd, telling my dad, everything's going to crash. I'm going to buy everything and let's just see what happens. And sure enough, you get an open right at the day's low. You get a close right at the day's highs, and you also see it close above the day before's lows. This is, this is a huge reversal sign just as a technical indicator on a normal stock chart. Right now, this is the NASDAQ chart, NASDAQ composite. This is called a piercing pattern. Because we've had a, a nice long piercing pattern into this, expectations are so long as we can hold above the low from February 23rd, market could actually enter an uptrend very soon and very quickly. I believe today, what is the total that we are up? Market beat, market trend. Let's look at volume. So while we, we are seeing an increase in the NASDAQ of over 1%, this is the perfect signal for a potential follow through day. For those who read the Blockware blogs or are familiar with growth investing strategies from Investors Business Daily, essentially a follow-through day happens on day four or later of a reversal. This was day one. This was the first day of the reversal. So long as we do not break, I'm putting the low here. Technically, the low should be below the low of this day, but I don't buy that. I really would like to see this low not broken. So one, two, three, four. Yesterday was the first day we could have the follow-through day. We went down, so that's negated. Today, we are up over a percent. However, the volume today is well below yesterday's. We're 10% below. If the volume stays this low, it will not count as a follow-through day, even if it goes up 10%. Um, let me pull up really quickly this stream so I can see what you guys are asking for. Okay, so no one's asking for an equity, so we're going to keep going down this rabbit hole so long as you guys will entertain me or Alex pulls the plug. <laughs> um, one big thing that I want to point out, 
And if I can just move that, thank you. So February 24th, this is the day of that reversal. And you see a long wick down and a long wick up. With a Bitcoin chart, I'm not really so, so much concerned with the wicks. I'll treat the days low and days highs accordingly. So we do see that, hey, you have this, this lower low here. You actually, though, have a higher high here. Now, that's an even greater signal for a reversal if this entire thing was a body, essentially a full bar. What we're going to see here at this point is some sort of push higher. You have the NASDAQ going up today while Bitcoin seems to be going down for now. What I'm really curious about as far as the NASDAQ chart goes is this 21-day exponential moving average, which for the last three days essentially has looked like some form of a resistance for the NASDAQ. Exactly one month ago today was the first attempt at breaking above this 21-day exponential moving average. However, the reversal down happened very quickly, and within the next session, we were back below it. Another head fake a week later, an attempt to break above this line literally one week later. One, two, three, four, five, back above it. And the following day, we even tried to spend some time above it. I'm going to dive really into this chart now. So this is the day after the second attempt of breaking above the 21-day exponential. Yet again, we see an inability to hold above that line. And that is going to be critical to see how far the NASDAQ can actually go. Now, these both also correlate back to a low seen on January 10th. And in our previous attempts at sort of diving into and really breaking down what the NASDAQ chart looks like, we know that there's other resistance here based on the fact that this also correlates to the lows from September 20th. This also has correlation to the upside gap seen here in, on October 6th and 7th. So this tells us we have a very strong level of resistance right here that was tested three times with an inability to break above. So right now, our priority number one, get above this 21-day exponential moving average. I'm not so concerned about this um, level of resistance at this time right now because that 21-day exponential is truly the lowest level of resistance above us, we really need to prioritize getting above that and holding above that. Volume will help. Buying volume will help. We saw an, an increase in volume on this day of the reversal of about 40% above ooh, the previous days. So the volume to, on February 24th was 40% higher than the volume on February 23rd. That means 40% more buyers were coming in, 40% in total for the entire day. This is a huge shift in market sentiment. Awesome. So we're going to quickly want to show some sentiment from Investors Business Daily. They do an excellent job of this. They are not a sponsor, but if they want to ever sponsor, we'll so gladly do that. Hope you're listening out there, Ed Carson. Um, we're going to look at three charts very quickly. The volatility index, the VIX, this is something that Dylan has brought up during deep dive segments as well as yesterday. The put call ratio, which is one of my favorite reversal indicators, and the bulls versus bears. We're going to start with the bulls versus bears. This is as simple as it comes. They literally take all of the writing about the markets and they, they determine, is this person writing bullishly? Is this person writing bearishly? Does this person have uh, sort of a no direction in mind? Now, we saw back in the end of last year, a, a good majority of the time was spent above the 60% percent 
bullish indicator. And this is a huge reversal sign. I remember feeling so uncomfortable, <clears throat> excuse me, being in the market each time this level broke above. However, since roughly November 22nd or 24th, apologies from last year, we've seen a steady decline of this. So right here, the peak was November 19th. That's five days before that all-time high was hit on the NASDAQ and then we reversed lower. So ever since then, we've steadily been declining. Now we are approaching, but have not yet reached the point where the bearish sentiment is higher than the bullish sentiment. This is a reversal indicator. We are approaching, however, they have not intersected. We saw this back in March of 2020, and I don't need to remind everyone here what happened in March 2020 after a big, fast, sharp decline down. So began one of the greatest bull market runs that many people took advantage of. So the bullish bull bear sentiment indicator is approaching a point of reversal. However, we are not yet there. But call ratio takes all of the put orders that are out on the market, all the call orders out on the market, and essentially creates this ratio. Anytime the indicator goes above 1.15, that essentially says that there's too much negative sentiment in the market. Too many people are saying the market's going to go down. And this has, excuse me, typically in the past been an indicator that, hey, we've reached or are nearing a bottom and a reversal is coming. Truth be told, the 0.6 level also was previously a level of a reversal. However, as you can see here on this chart, much of last year spent some time below this 0.6 level. This is a can, and I, I'm annoyed at myself for having closed it, but we're going to open this back up. This is very similar to the bull versus bear indicator that saw a good majority of 2021 spent above that 60% sort of reversal threshold. I'm not saying that 0.6 is negated or it's no longer valid. I'm just saying that this market has not been acting appropriately. And so while we are trending higher and the bearish sentiment has continued to increase, based on the fact that the bullish sentiment indicators did not actually trigger at the right time, I would be very, very patient. And I would like to see multiple reverse, uh, multiple indicators signal to me a reversal is coming rather than just focusing on one. So that's why I'm taking the time to show you guys both put call ratio as well as the bulls versus bear indicator. Both of those I love to use purely as a sentiment and uh, sentiment analysis of what the general market looks like. Uh, we're going to dive into the VIX for a brief moment, and then we will dive into uh, riot. So just hang tight, guys. And for the VIX, we are seeing the VIX continue to steadily increase despite oh it's down today, oh it's up tomorrow. This is purely feeding into the volatility of the market. We see back in the January 24th, a uh, 52-week uh, uh, high was reached. No, that's not 52 weeks. Three quarters. So a nine-month high was reached um, in the VIX on January 24th. Now let's go take a look at this chart, the NASDAQ. January 24th was, boom, right here. The previous all-time low that we had hit. Let's go look at the VIX now, February 23rd and February 24th. February 24th, we have, I believe, an increase of, I see. Okay, so this long red right here is February 24th, the day after Putin invaded Ukraine. The day before that, which was the previous low and the low that we're treating, we saw an increase as well, but a very small candlestick. This 
day, however, it's going for me. I know what to do. Okay. This is 24. This is 23. There are two key things that I'm looking at and seeing. Both of these have long candlesticks. This is different than a um, long wicks. This is different than a candlestick chart. So keep that in mind. The dash across is where the actual VIX closed for the day. The entire line that's vertical, that is the entire price range of the VIX for that day. On the 24th, we see such a long range of price action for the VIX and it closed right here near the bottom. The day before, which saw the low that we are using, this low right here, we see not as long a candlestick. I would, uh, not as long of a price range. I would call this probably half the range of this, just purely looking at it. I'm not looking, uh, diving into numbers here. And then we see a close at the high, at the high of this. So this is signaling to us, hey, we are seeing an increase in volatility. What I'm taking away from this one, from the day of the 24th, that big reversal candlestick, that's telling me, hey, there was a big push up. There was a lot more volatility. However, it began to get muted as the day went on. And by the end of the day, it seems to have found a more appropriate level. It closed below the day before its lows, signaling potentially a decrease. We saw it continue to decrease for one more day. And then of course, everyone realized what they had done over the weekend and started panicking. So we are seeing the VIX almost trade in tandem with the 21 day exponential moving average, this green line right here. That is not a good thing. That is very dangerous. That is signaling that if the VIX is unable to break back below the 21 day, this is one of the few charts you actually want to see the VIX below the 21 day exponential because it will provide some sort of resistance above us. The lower the VIX is, the, in my opinion, calmer the market will be. And the VIX is purely measuring volatility. So there's no necessarily a, oh, once it's below 20, it's gonna uh, reverse lower. There isn't really a low point and there isn't really a high point. If we wanna go back to really showcase this in 2020, that March, 2020, uh, that we all know, some of us know and love, some of us know and hate, it reached a, a high of 85. Right now, the high is 35.19. And in, or in February, it was 37.79. And in January, it was 38.94. So it was more than double where we're at today. So unfortunately, we don't really have a level of high or low as far as, hey, this is where we're screwed. This is the moment where we have it's going to reverse, or this is the moment where things are going to start crashing. So let's get out or let's get in. The VIX doesn't really have that type of a barometer as well as something like the put call ratio or the bear versus uh, bullish sentiment. However, it is very important to recognize a couple of things in this chart. This is a monthly chart for the last 13 years of the VIX. For the most part, other than period of 2008 during the Great Recession and other sort of hiccup periods uh, seen throughout the last 13, 14 years. For the most part, these monthly candlesticks are fairly muted within a certain range. And then they follow this pattern of have a big spike up and slowly and steadily reverse down lower, spike up, reverse lower, spike, reverse lower. And then here we are in the COVID markets where we see big spikes up. We do see this reverse lower. However, I want to highlight this. These wicks are much wider. The 
price range is much wider right now than it has ever been historically during these periods of downturns. This is a further and deeper signal that we are in a lot of volatility. It is going to be very interesting to see how the markets react. And I think, unfortunately, the markets right now are focused primarily on a uh, buy or sell based on news updates and alerts. Uh, it's a very dangerous and tough market to be in. I personally have actually been a, a net seller for the for a good part of this year, as well as towards the end of last year. However, I have started to look at some options. I know, or not, not literal options, but options as far as what types of companies to put money in. I do have some longer term holdings that I've still held on to even during this most recent downturn. Uh, Hammersaw, you bring up an excellent point, point man. The, the indexes are your friend, especially right now. Uh, I'm a big, big believer in, uh, for those who are maybe not as well-versed or don't necessarily understand what's going on or how the impacts of what Joe Biden says during the State of the Union will impact your portfolio. Uh, I'm a much bigger fan of, of telling people, like, find an index. If the S&P 500 is really all you know, that's fine. Buy some spy shares. Go go through it through that angle. And if you want to start investing more or learning more, hey, you think, you know what, I'm going to put half of my portfolio in SPY, but I really, really like Tesla, or I really, really like Microsoft, or I really, really like, like MicroStrategy. Fine. Have a portion of your portfolio in ARC or in SPY or some sort of a, a QQQ double leveraged NASDAQ uh, index, and then turn around and feel free to buy individual shares of those stocks or companies that you're like, I rock with this company. Um, this is, I believe in what they're doing. I like the leadership of this. I like their product, whatever it is. Um, I have a, a personal rule that I made for myself, which is if I like a company's product so much that I want to actually like spend the time to go and buy it, or I'm going to spend my real hard earned money buying a Tesla or buying an iPhone or last year, my big one was a PS5. I really wanted a PS5. I still don't have one. Uh, PlayStation or Sony, if you're listening, feel free to sponsor us. But instead of, you know, taking uh, the Biden bucks I was getting and spending it on a PS5, I no joke went and bought Sony shares. And I ripped Sony shares all the way up above 120. And I, my entry point was about 74, 75 a share. Um, I enjoyed those profits and, and laughed laps around all my friends who were trying to buy a PS5. Um, and look, man, it's still, the PS5 is still on back order. Um, it goes to show you A, the product, but B, uh, just how big of an impact and influence it has. Uh, I believe Sony stock has actually been correcting during this market correction as well. And I'm not going to spend too much time on that. Uh, we right now have the Riot blockchain chart pulled up. And I need to zoom out of this a little bit because we have a lot of volatility to go over. Um, bu 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 so. November 9th is the day of Bitcoin's all-time high. And November 24th is the day of the NASDAQ's all-time high. Um, so a real quick hammer. So I will say this about the yield curve. It's a little tough to, like you can track it and I do from time to time. However, the yield curve for the last couple of weeks or since about January, so the last six weeks had been pricing in two 
basis points hikes. However, now the yield curve has been reversing ever since Russia invaded Ukraine. And now there's conversations that there won't be any rate hikes. I'm more focused on what the Fed does than what the market thinks it's going to do. Um, I'm big on rather than trying to forecast or predict what's going to happen, um, trying to analyze what has happened and make educated assumptions on what I think may happen within a boundary of ranges. Um, I, I will never say absolutely, oh, it's going to go up or down. I like to use percents and say, there's an 80% likelihood it hits this price level. There's a 70% price likelihood it hits this price level below it. Um, doesn't have to add up to 100. It just has to be what in a down in a downturn scenario, how likely is it to hit here? In an upturn scenario, how likely is it to hit here? So I know where my floor is, how to protect myself and protect my money, and how to exit with profits. That is a big key, exiting with profits. Just because you hold a stock and it went up does not mean you made money. You make money once you sell it. So uh, really quickly on this riot chart, and then we're going to cut to a commercial break. Um, we see here on the day Bitcoin had an all-time high on November 9th. Riot also did not have an all-time high. Um, this has been tried and true for many of our Bitcoin adjacent equities. I'm going to turn actually to the weekly chart just because there's a lot going on here. So, and then this is the November 24th, week of November 24th. Actually, I should have a daily for this and then we'll go back to weekly. Okay, so November 24th is just some middling day for Riot. In fact, despite the NASDAQ going down, Riot saw an increase for one, two, and then an open above before starting its very steep, hard, tough, scary downturn. When we previously brought up Riot, we we brought up these areas as potential support and resistance. As we see, we've essentially crashed through everything. But something that's very interesting is this right here, where we see our price action occur, is actually correlating right to this downside gap from here. Keep in mind, we did not draw this line, this that line. So at this low, all the way from January 2021, which had not ever been tested since it essentially reversed higher from there. That was sort of a floor in the sand for Riot when I was originally charting this out. As we can see based on the price action for between January 20th and 21st, a nice little gap down below this line has officially secured this as a nice level of resistance. We saw it tested here and here. An upside gap here in an attempt to regain, unfortunately, was reversed lower. And now we find ourselves back inside of no man's land, inside of this in, uh, downside and upside gap. Um, Riot's a lost puppy right now. There's no clear direction. There's no clear direction as far as Riot uh, at this moment. An attempt to hold on to the 21 exponential moving average will, I think, be the first line in the sand. And then we also are going to use, frankly, where it's at right now, uh, which it correlates back to the downside gap from January and the upside gap in early February, as far as sort of another area of either support or resistance. Um, tomorrow's open will be very telling. I would, my expectations right now are especially if, if it closes just like this right now, there's no telling what's going to happen. This is too indecisive, but depending on how it closes, should close near the highs, we can 
make set expectations that we might get a little bit of resistance here at about 18.22 a share, the highs from the day before. If we were seeing a close near the lows, my expectations would be that it's going to be stuck in no man's land. If we can get out of this area right now where it's currently trading, that would be ideal. But any close inside of this range would be essentially a no direction or um, just sort of lost in its chart. It's tough sledding out there right now in the equity markets. Uh, I think really the focal point is going to come down to what Powell says and what his decisions are with rate hikes. Um, feel free to Slack or, or DM me on Twitter, Q underscore like the letter. If you have any questions or want to go over anything that I've discussed here, uh, or maybe a different stock, I'm happy to, to dive into anything with you guys. Yep. Yeah.